Hi Church, it's time for us to listen to the Word of God. Thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. And today we are coming to the part three of our new series on Faith Works based on the book of James. And this is the third week that we're entering. For the past two weeks, we've been hearing from Pastor Kevin and Pastor George. You know, let me just do a quick recap. James is one of the first uh, New Testament books that has been written by none other than the brother of Jesus himself, James. You know, um, he is considered one of the pillars of the Jerusalem church, one of the key leaders that led the church for about 30 years. And Paul regarded him or esteemed him highly in how he led the church. And this man has gone through a lot of tribulations and persecutions and hardships actually in leading the church. So in writing uh, the book of James, he addressed it at the very beginning to the 12 tribes that has been dispersed, that has went through the diaspora. That means they have been scattered. So the, the, the context of this book is that it is written primarily to the Christian Jews that has been scattered all around the world. And obviously, they are going through a difficult time. You know, in part one, we learn from Pastor Kevin. He said that, you know, how faith and works should not be mutually exclusive, but they should blend together beautifully to bring out the truth of God, to bring out the truth of Christ that leads to maturity. You know, it is not really about um, um, just faith alone or works alone, but it is about our lives, managing the tension between faith and works. You know, and Pastor George taught us how important it is for us to understand the subject that's actually not very much talk about on sin and temptation. I had a great time listening to Pastor George. He said that, no, desire itself is not the main issue. It's perfectly fine to have desires in life, and that's what makes us human. But it is the the, the over-desire of wanting something, not something bad, but something good. The over-desire drives us to a place that we would be willing to compromise our character and our attitude. You know, it is not just about wanting bad things in life that leads to sin, but it is about wanting good things in life too much, more than God that has led us to sin. That, that, that's what we covered. And when we come, we become so driven and so obsessed with what we want so badly. We lose sight of what is right, what is truth, what is important. That drives us to a place of sin. And sin eventually leads us to death of our soul and our spirit. No, the key to overcoming our temptations and our sin it is not to have no desire, but rather it is to replace with a new desire. And you heard it, right? What is, is that desire? It is an affection for God. The desire for God must be greater than the desire we want things, uh, we want other things in life. And that will set us in a good ground and a good foundation of our Christian faith. So today on part three on trials and suffering, before there was this song called Baby Shark that was made so famous uh, and it's one of the most watched or most listened to uh, in history of humanity. You know how it goes, it goes like Baby Shark doo -doo. Before there was this song, there's another song that's pretty famous. It is called If You Happy and You Know. Do you know how to sing? If you happy and you know you, clap your hands. 
if you're happy and you know you type hooray, you type, you type there and say praise the Lord. If you are happy today, type something on the comment. But I think in writing the book of James, this song represents clearly what James wants to bring. It goes along the line like that. If you have faith and you know you, if you have faith and you know you, you know, it, James is trying to say that if you have faith and you know it, you will show through your deeds. You will know through controlling your tongues. You will know by taking care of the widows and the orphans. If you have faith and you know it, you will show it. You will surely show it. So that's what James is trying to tell us. Today, it is not just about us having faith, but that faith must lead, lead us to a place where we can show our faith is actually alive. James chapter 1, verse 2 to verse 4. It says this, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever, whenever you face trials of many kinds. You know what? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work that you may be mature and complete. And the Bible says in verse 5, If anyone of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So today, as we listen to the Word of God, I pray in the name of Jesus, we will all have this wisdom that comes from God to understand what James is trying to tell us. Amen? Are you ready? You know, how are you spiritually? I think, I think this is a very important question whenever we come to listening to the Word of God. How many of us can confidently say that we are in a much better place than we wanted, than we expected it to be? I would want to say, for me, it has been pretty challenging. At times, I found myself sitting alone by myself, thinking, oh man, God, what's happening to 2020? I, I know this is not something new and we've been talking about new norm. I'm still not fully adjusted and adapted to this. I miss my family. I, 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 I miss my friends. I miss traveling. I have made plans to explore cities um, this year that I want to visit. I have made plans to meet friends in other countries and all these things are going to the drain now. And I, I don't think I'm exactly at the spot that I thought I would be uh, when I was planning out 2020 in, in December 2019. To me, I would never say that 2020 it has been amazing. 2020 has been the dream year of my life. I, I, it's very far from that. It has been pretty tough. Things are being postponed. Yes, postponed again. And again, I know many of you are going through tough time as well. Just in recent months, you know, I have been journeying with married couples that has gone through very difficult times in their marriage. Many of them are contemplating divorce. You know, um, many are out of ideas how to educate their children at home. Their patients are running out. Uh, some are facing financial situations and I know it's not easy. Some of you that graduated never had a proper convocation. And not, not only that, um, you know, October 10th, the 10th sale, 
on the 1010, I actually assigned ROM for many couples, I think uh, five to six of them. And in the coming weeks after that, I'm supposed to sign many ROMs and many weddings has been postponed. And I know some of them that has been postponing it again and again. It is really far from ideal and it can be very, very difficult. I know it is not easy. If you are going through a season in your life that is not easy, I want to tell you, it is not just about good advices. We need to draw strength from the Word of God. And I think James has a, a lesson or two that he can teach all of us today. Maybe you can relate to what I'm going to share uh, very uh, intimately and in a real manner. And make sure we all listen to what James wants to say. You know, James said, consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. It is not fake joy. It is not just a little joy. James said, consider it pure joy. When? When you go through trials of many kinds. Not one kind, but many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That means trials that you are going through, it is a test to, to test your faith. And it, it has a result of that. The testing of your faith is not, James did not say that it will produce blessings, it will produce results, it will produce goals. But James is saying in this context, okay, in this context, James is saying the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work that you may be mature and complete. So what I want to say is this, the trials in your life should lead us to maturity and completeness in God that we should not lack anything. You know what? You can say this. I know a lot of times when we are going through a difficult situation, you will say, I know, I know I need to forgive. I know I need to pray. I know I need to work harder. I know I need to be patient. And, and, and for students, you will say, I know I need to study harder. I know I need to um, watch my diet. I know I need to rest more. I know, Keith, I know. And, and just like you, I know. How do we consider pure joy when we are going through trials of many kinds? And as if that is not enough, uh, James said later on in verse 12, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. He said, consider yourself blessed when you go through trials. Not just pure joy, but blessed. It is very challenging. But I want to tell you, James knew exactly what he's talking about because he was going through a tough time as well. This is high level stuff, God. Is this really for all Christians? I want to say yes. Let's look further. Who would invite trials into their lives? I want to confidently say nobody. You know, there is a kind of sin in the Bible that leads to consequences. Um, I've done something wrong, I get punished, or, or I've, I've done something wrong. I, I'm, ex, I'm accepting that responsibility. But when it comes to trials, it, is, it seems like it is not something that 
I have done, that I deserve this. It is not a sin that I commit that I'm going through hardship now. And if you know uh, in Christianity, it, when you look into the Bible, yes, there are sin that we have committed, there are mistakes that we have done. There are things that we shouldn't do, but we do it. But there are also this fallen humanity that the Bible teaches us, that we are living in a fallen world, that even though we do not invite certain things, bad things do happen to good people. And James is talking about this. I know you love God. I know you are fervent. But while you're dispersed through the different parts of the world, have courage. You know, stay firm in your faith. That is what James is trying to say. I know you did not invite all these things into your life. Neither do I. And nobody prayed for COVID to last longer. Nobody prayed that uh, uh, they, they will get um, to go through this turmoil or this uncertainties. But as it comes, how should we deal with it? <laughs> I, it is not really my favorite food, but it is one of the places that I would go to is to go for, you know, poke bowl, poke bowl, sorry, poke bowl. And it, it, it seem, it's supposed to be healthy. But how many of you know that at least when you go to eat poke bowl, you get to choose uh, what you like and what you don't like? Uh, of course, you probably will choose Japanese rice or um, you go a little bit more, you go quinoa or brown rice. Yeah, it is not exactly the most tasty food, but uh, you can choose whether you want onion, shallots, or, 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 or you want to choose other stuff. Um, that's the choice that you make. But if you are designing a poke bowl, will you ask the person to add a lot of trials into it? Do you, do, you, do you get to say that how I don't want trials, I don't want sufferings, I don't want, I don't want this part on my, on, my, on my bowl? I think in real life, it doesn't work like that. Trial seems to be the base of the poke bowl. It's like compulsory. You need to go through it if you are a Christian. Why? Because it is a way that God is raising us up. It is a way that he would say, in order for you to reach a place of maturity and completeness, these are the things that you have to go through, my child. Um, so in relating to that, I just want to share with you uh, this little story of mine. In 2015, you know, I'm blessed with a beautiful family, a beautiful wife and three children. And in 2015, around February, I, um, during the Chinese New Year period, we we received a, a great news. I mean, we were greeted with a great news that my wife is pregnant again and is going to be our third child. And some of you might know this story. What happened was that uh, we were pretty confident because we are third time becoming a parent. Um, so we actually just do a pregnancy test and that's all. And we went, I think we went for a nearby clinic to just do a scan to confirm that uh, Julie is pregnant. And we didn't do much after that. After uh, the fourth week, I think, or fifth week, we didn't do anything for the six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. We didn't do anything for about a month plus two months because we were pretty relaxed. And when it comes to the uh, twelve to thirteen weeks, we thought, okay, it is time for us to go back to our regular gynae, and her name is Dr. Tang. Upon visiting her that morning, uh, the usual bubbly and happy uh, Dr. Tang uh, was unusual. So 
So she sat us down after the ultrasound. She said, I am really not happy with what I've seen. Uh, I'm not happy with the scan. This is beyond my scope. I want to write you a letter for a further um, diagnosis or a, a further scan with someone that's better than me. She referred us to KPJ and we went to this doctor that has 20 years uh, ex ex of an expert or specialist in ultrasound. And as she went through the scan, she confirmed uh, the news that really caused us to be so devastated. Um, KS was diagnosed with a certain condition it's called amphalocele, where the intestine will be developed outside the body. This baby will not be normal and this baby has very low chance of survival. Actually, this baby actually, even if this baby survives, he or she might not be normal at all. And it will take a long process, a long period of time uh, for this baby to just be alive. And I remember so clearly, the doctor told me this. He said, certain decisions that you make as parents you can take the responsibility. But certain decisions that you make as parents will also have impact upon your children in the future. You both might be okay to take care of this abnormal child, but you must think about your other children. Do they want to do it or not? Are they capable of taking care? So she advised that we abort the baby. And long story short, I want to tell you a miracle happened as we go to the third gynae, and um, to cut the long story short, okay, it was horrible for us. We were soaked in tears and we didn't tell many people. We, we only told a, a small uh, minority of people and we were contemplating, we were thinking, I want to tell you, I wish to say that I have faith that God's going to heal um, my baby. I wish to tell you that I was full of faith and I was certain, but the, the reality was not. We were shaken, we were not sure. We were actually thinking maybe what the doctor said is right. Kira and Katie did not choose this. We can't choose something that will burden them for their whole life. But at, at the very end, we decided that, you know what, no matter what, only God can give and take life away. So we surrendered to God and a miracle happened. A miracle happened. If you look at the scan, the first one to the second one, you see that the bulge was gone. You see that the bulge was gone. Praise be to God. But why am I sharing with you this? Today, I want to show you some photos of Chaos. He's happy. He is um, chatty, cheerful to me. He's good looking. You know, he's my son. I, I can say whatever I want. Uh, but more than that, why am I sharing with you this about trial is that after the third scan, when we saw that uh, the bulge was gone, the next six to seven months was not easy for us. We prayed many nights. Though the bulge was gone, we were thinking, could there be something wrong? Will this baby be normal? Is it going to be all right? You know, we, we don't know uh, what to do. We will pray until the day of delivery. I'm not kidding you. Until the day of delivery, on that delivery room, when they delivered chaos and showed me, I was still in my heart doubting and searching, that it, could there be a defect? Could he be abnormal? Is he going to be okay? Will he be deaf or will, he, will that be impact? Because it wasn't a good start from the beginning. 
Praise be to God, He is happy and cheerful today. But that hope year in 2015, it was so tough for Julie and I. It is not something I want to add to my poke bowl. I asked God, God, haven't I served you? Haven't I gave you all? I, I, I put away my dreams, I put away my desires, and I was just wholeheartedly um, serving you, giving my all to you all these years. Why would these things happen to me? And I want to tell you, such is life. Sometimes we don't invite trials into our life, but God allows us to go through it so that we develop perseverance. And you know what? I can testify to it that after that, by watching chaos today, I can say, I lack nothing. I am complete in a way I can trust God. I can trust that He loves me. What am I trying to say? It, it, it is not the, the healing itself that caused me to be mature and complete, lack nothing. It is the whole process of whole year of just proclaiming the Word of God, understanding the Word of God, knowing, holding on to the Word of God. It is like I am on a rope, on a cliff. I can only hold on to God and nobody else. That developed my trust towards God. It was hard, but I want to tell you this. It has shaped me and shaped my wife to be so much more grateful Instead of wanting more, we find ourselves being grateful all the time whenever we see chaos. I can relate to your trial as well. I can relate, I can relate to many of um, your, your sufferings, what you are going through. You have no control. It is beyond your hands. Any change in fortune in life, I want to tell you this. It can come as a test. Whether adversity or prosperity, whether it is good or bad, it is a mirror to reflect what's really inside of us. The stress that we are going through, the tension that we are going through, it reveals what we are made of. You know, every change in your situation can push you or pull you away from God or push you nearer to God. It can make you a better or a worse person. Trials will come our way no matter who you are or where you are now. I am so thankful that when I was younger, someone thought me, thought, thought me, someone actually imparted this to me on Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. The Bible says all things work for, for good. All things. The Bible says all things. You know, all means all. All things means the good and the bad. It works out to fulfill the purpose of God in our lives. How do you understand that? I want to share with you this that has really anchored and changed a big part of my life. Well, God has blessed me over the years. Yes, um, my wife, my children, uh, the place that I stay, you know, even the car that I drive is given by someone. I have blessings in my life. Some, some people bless me with trips. Some people bless me with um, um, education, certification. They, they would generously just sow into my life 
wanting the best for me, I said, God, thank you so much. Ah, you are amazing. You are a good, good father. I love you. That's great. But there are also times where I went through crisis, the loss of my dad. You know, the depths that my family has to go through, my mom, um, our house being forced to sell when I was younger, um, financial situations, the, 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 the departure of someone I cherish dearly, the accusations, the abandonment, the misunderstanding. It, life is far from smooth sailing. Just because I am here to preach to you doesn't mean that my life is better than yours. I go through the stuff that you go through as well. But I know God loves me. And you need to know God loves you as God loves you as well. When I when when He loves me, imagine He gives me a gift. When you unwrap that gift, yes, it can be pleasant, it can be full of blessings. But sometimes when you unwrap that gift, it can be out of your expectation. It can when you unbox it, when you open it, it comes in the form of trials. It comes in the forms of challenges, pain, and even suffering. Then, what do you make sense of it? Romans 8.28 says, For all things work together for the good of those who love Him. That means, when I unwrap it, if it is really a blessing, I say, God, thank you for sending me this. It's God sent. But when I unwrap it, and it is not what I expected it to be, I will say, thank you, God, for using this. It is either God is sending you this or God is using this. For what? For, for, for it to shape your character, for it to, sh to serve Him better. God will use this to shape you. God will use this to bring about His glory. Remember when the person that was blind, uh, uh, was in the Bible, Jesus encountered, and the people asked, who sinned? Whose fault is this that this fellow is blind? Tell me, we always want to know, whose fault? Who to blame? Why like that? And Jesus said, nobody's fault. Are you sure? Is it because the parents sinned, that's why he is blind? Or, or, or something that the ancestor has done? No. Jesus said, nobody's fault. This happened so that it will bring forth the glory of God. A lot of times when we look at this story, we think that the healing bring about the glory of God. But I want to tell you, it is not just the healing. It is the trust that brings about glory of God. That we should still trust God when things are not exactly the way we want it to be. Indeed, God said, be healed. And He received sight. But in this context, what I want to say to you is Jesus clearly said, nobody's fault. Do we want to blame who caused this whole pandemic? How will it help? I don't want us to be busy fixing the blame. I don't want we, us to go to the politics game of seeing who is right, who is wrong, what should be done, what should not. But reflect upon yourself in your trials. Is God using this to shape me? Is God using this season to shape me? To show me my impatience, yes. To show me my lack of faith. To show me my unfaithfulness. To show me my, my insecurity. To show me my stinginess maybe. To show me that I 
I, I can act, I'm actually presented an opportunity to trust Him and have faith more than ever before. C.S. Lewis said it very well. We can ignore pleasure, but pain insists being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is His megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Pain, trials, suffering is God's megaphone to wake us up, to see what are we really made of inside. God wants us to take our faith seriously. James wants us to take our faith seriously. There's hardly any, any part in the book of James that talks about faith that leads to blessing. But James is trying to tell the people that has gone through, that is going through persecution and suffering, faith brings about character. Faith brings about the testimony. Faith brings about the godness in you. A trial, sorry, brings about the godness in you. You know, over the years, I realized this. The, the people that get yes from God easily, we often forget them. You know, the yeses that we get, we, we gotten from God, we forgot about it. But it is the people that get the no from God that we remember so clearly how they responded to it. How did Abraham respond when his plan of having a child was delayed again and again and again? and again till impossibility till he was 99 it was impossible we remember how when David was pursued by Saul that God you send someone all the way to anoint me and you bring me all the way to the palace to just have someone wanting to kill me throwing spears at me and he waited to be king and his plan was postponed again and again and again and again and again and, and the Bible is filled with such heroes of faith what about Moses that did not get to see the promised land what about the disciples that all died a martyr except for John even James was martyred I want to tell you this um, as we come to a close I want to say yes God values the mountain-moving faith. Collective and everyone that's hearing, God values the mountain-moving faith. But I believe what James is teaching us today is not the mountain-moving faith because God also values the persevering faith that our endurance will bring about glory to God. We don't choose our trials, but our trials chose us. Maybe God selected it for us. But James said, blessed are you. Consider it. Guys, consider it pure joy when we are going through it. Because at the end of it, you will be more mature. You will see yourself in a more complete form. You will not lack anything. James is telling all of us here, true faith stands up under pressure. True faith shines brighter in trials. Genuine faith will motivate us into action 
True faith will change how we talk. True faith will change the way we live our lives. We must have this faith that people can see. For faith without action is dead. So when you are going through trial, what I am trying to say, in developing your perseverance, in developing your endurance, you must take action to continue on, to be steadfast, that your faith will not crumble under trial, but you will still love people, that you will still give generously, that you will still care, that you will still pray, that you will still read the Word of God, that you will still be part of a community, that your faith under trials cannot be silent. Amen? In our painful and difficult trials, we tend to remember God's power, but we forgot His character. Today, I want to be the person that reminds you. When times are tough, yes, we should proclaim God's healing. We should remember God is a powerful God. But let us also remember who He is, His character. He is a faithful God. Let's have faith in His faithfulness. Let's have faith in His love. At the same time, in trials, I always believe it is an invitation to draw near to God. You know, James 4, 8 says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. God gives us a chance to use this to draw near to Him. This whole pandemic, this whole situation that, is, that seems unfavorable can work for your benefit if you put on the lens of God. You put on the lens of James yeah, today. Pray prayer that is like that. God, I did not choose my trial, but you chose it for me. Until you choose to remove it away from me, God, use this trial for your glory. Use this to serve your purpose. Use this, use my life. I am thankful for what you have sent me and I will be thankful for what you are using as well. That my circumstances will be a chance for me to ride above the waves. So. Let's look at James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, one more time. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you go through trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy. Because you know the testing of your faith. Can I say again, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything that you will lack nothing God sets the test but do you know what as a teacher of your life He did not set it to fail you He set it to grow you He set it so that you will be stronger He set it so that collective will be stronger He set it so that you and I we will all develop our faith muscle. So I pray from the bottom of my heart that you will continue to trust God even when times are tough. Amen. And for those of you that are tuning in, that you are still curious or you have been away from God, I want to say God is only one prayer away from you. He has done everything possible even through this uh, broadcast or this video, you might think that it is just coincidence, but I believe God is waiting 
God is knocking. You know, the coming back to God is not about going to church and serve or, or take up responsibilities. The coming back to God, it is the direction of your heart, the attitude of your heart. If you have been depending on yourself too much, if you have been out of all your wits and all your solutions are not working, would you come back to God? I want to guarantee you, He is not upset. He is not angry. He is loving. He is drawing you. He is calling you in your trials and in your pain. God is using His megaphone to get your attention and say, my son, my daughter, it is time to come back and trust me even more. For all things work together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. Amen. I hope you uh, find encouragement in this sermon. And if you are going through similar things and you are still believing for a healing or a miracle, if you are believing God for, for something, yes, we hold on to the promises of God, but also we hold on to the character of God. That God will not let us be tempted beyond what we are able, what we can bear. I pray for the supernatural strength of God an understanding of God to come upon you. He is not just about developing your mountain-moving faith. He is also, at the same time, developing your endurance, your persevering faith. Amen, church? I thank you so much for being here. Before we go, can I ask that all of you close your eyes? I say a short prayer over all of you that are listening, no matter where you are. Let's take away the distance between us and God. And let me just pray. Jesus, we don't choose our trials, but our trials chose us. While we are going through it, God, we cannot choose what kind of trials, but we can always choose our attitude and our response to it. We choose to still trust you. We choose to still praise you. We choose to still be grateful. We choose to fix our eyes on you. I pray for every of my friends that are going through a difficult time in their lives. I pray for strength, I pray for an inner strength, an inner trust of who you are. You bless them, Lord, wherever they are. I commit all of us to you. Give us a great week ahead. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.